0: Welcome to Let's Be Honest. I'm Liana Ross, and I'm a licensed mental health counselor. I'm the assistant director of Gooding Wellness Group, and I'm on a mission to answer your real and honest questions, unfiltered, while also giving you the real and honest opinions of a mental health clinician on pop culture and trending topics. Stay tuned. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Be Honest Podcast. I'm Liana. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and your host. So I wanted to make sure that we got into a holiday-themed episode before the holidays came and went, um, because I've been posting a lot about this on my Instagram, and I think a lot of people can relate because holidays are great and fun for some, but a lot of the times they can also be really stressful. So I want to kind of validate those stresses and share some tips to like how to get through with it. Because I mean, we all struggle in some way, no matter what we're dealing with, whether it's family, maybe it's we're sober, maybe we're in recovery from an eating disorder, maybe we're struggling with our own mental illness. And like the holidays are just not the time. And I've been hearing it from not even just my clients, but like colleagues, friends, families, followers, and a lot of people I've written in. So I took a few of the write-ins that i got on instagram and i'm going to talk about them and i think a lot of people will be able to relate because it's a jolly time don't get me wrong but it's also a quite a difficult time um i want to talk about this and also share some of the things that maybe i've done in the past that i found really helpful or like things i suggest to the people that i work with so whatever you're celebrating or even if you're not celebrating anything Maybe you're struggling with seasonal depression or maybe you are out in the snow and you're like, I love this, Liana, I got no stressors. That's great. That is great. Um, Let's get into it. So the first person wrote in that their main stress around the holidays is spending an extended period of time in their childhood home around toxic family members. And someone else also tagged on to this and I felt like it went together, the feeling of the pressure to be happy around family when there are complex feelings so we have a few things going on here going back to our childhood home is really difficult i talked to a lot of people about this like we're adults now right like if you've moved out and maybe you're home again whether you're living there or not or maybe you're just visiting like you're not the same teenager that you once were even young adult right so like we all have our own certain ways of doing things. So that's already a stressor of going back to your childhood home and maybe being with family and under one roof. Um, but a lot with that said, a lot of times child being in your childhood home and being with your family of origin can bring up a ton of feelings and even related to past difficult experiences or trauma, um, because a lot of times when we go back to a certain family unit without even knowing it, we'll revert to those old patterns that maybe we haven't even looked at in years, or maybe we've feel like we were so away from, but as soon as we're back into that system, it's very easy to revert. And sometimes we can be reminded of like certain things that we used to really hate when we were living at home or when we were with certain people. And so if you're feeling that, Whether it's approaching the time you're going to go visit home or you're home now and you're like, I need to get out of here. I need you to validate your feelings and the fact that maybe the reality is our family relationships don't meet our society expectations or maybe what we would want in a family and that's hard. That's a grieving process in itself. And we talked about grief a couple episodes ago with Michelle Gegwich, which highly recommend that episode. But this is another form of grief that maybe the relationships we once had or the relationships we want with our family is not what the reality is. And that's hard. That's really hard. So I need you to validate the struggle that we are experiencing going home. And... With that, we need to have a plan, okay? we I don't feel like it's the best when we're kind of just like, ah, I'll figure it out or maybe everything will be great and you're right, maybe everything will be great, but I always like to err on the side of caution and have a self-care plan. I love physical boundaries, okay? because, We get to take space. We get to walk away. We get to hide in the bathroom. No, I'm just kidding. But maybe you do. Maybe you go outside. Maybe you, maybe staying home with the family isn't the best thing. Maybe you stay with a friend for a couple of days. Maybe you stay in an Airbnb on your own. Honestly, that sounds fantastic. Um, Maybe you leave early from an event and set the expectation. Like if you get invited somewhere and They say, okay, come over at 3 p.m. And you know it's going to be an all-nighter, kind of an all-night gathering. Say, okay, well, I have to get up early the next day. So I'm going to leave around, I have to leave around 8 or whatever it might look like. Or, oh, I have something to do in the morning. So I'll be there around 5 or 4, whatever it is. But like set the expectation, not even just for the other people, but for yourself. Because it helps us hold ourselves accountable and Draw the line in the sand because it's very easy to like hear feedback from other people and then completely forget about our boundaries. So practice this before you go into it and keep saying it out loud. When I also say practice, I also mean role play conversations. Even if you're talking to yourself in the mirror, because we know, we know. How many times have you been in a conversation with someone And maybe it was a really difficult conversation. And then afterwards you're like, well, I should have said X, Y, and Z or why? Oh, I forgot to make this point. That was really important. A lot of my sessions include role-playing boundaries with family or role-playing things that we're going to say to like bosses or partners, because we need to feel prepared and we need to make sure we get out everything that we need. So, one way that I would do this with someone is if let's say you know that maybe Aunt Debbie's gonna ask you, when are you gonna get a boyfriend or a girlfriend, what are you gonna say? Maybe it's, I'd rather not talk about that right now, or let's change the subject, or I'm actually really happy with how things are going right now. And repeat that narrative in your head because when Aunt Debbie does ask you a question like that, it's just going to fly off the tongue, and it's going to feel a lot more comfortable than if, let's say, you're like, oh, what do I say right now? Um, and it's still going to be hard, and that's okay. But just to kind of get it in our narrative to be ready for Aunt Debbie, you know? She's wild these days. I also want to give you the validation. You can say no. No to some invitations that may not be the most healthy for us to attend. And with that, guess what? No is a complete sentence. I know, I know. We always think that we have to have a reason or an excuse or whatever it is. Honestly, no, I don't think I'm gonna come tomorrow. And if someone asks why, I'm really busy lately. I'm just going to spend time at home. Whatever they think is what they think. And we can't control that. We can only control what we say and what we do. But it's putting ourselves first rather than if, let's say, I go somewhere and it's totally toxic and now I'm in a terrible headspace. That's not fun. Honestly, sometimes we have the most fun when we're chilling at home watching Netflix and eating leftover Chinese food, okay? We don't have to do anything. If a family member is being hurtful or harmful, it is okay to set boundaries that limit contact or even cut off contact, right? If someone's not respecting our boundary, if Aunt Debbie keeps asking us when we're gonna get a boyfriend or girlfriend or a partner, when we're gonna change jobs, we can be really firm and say, I'd really appreciate if you didn't ask me that anymore. And we can limit contact with Aunt Debbie, okay? Aunt Debbie can be very disrespectful to our boundaries. And it sucks when people are, but we have to sometimes go into these family gatherings or gatherings in general with a little bit of a shield so that we don't come out with a huge amount of resentment, okay? So I want to move on to the next Difficult experience that someone is feeling going into the holiday. So someone wrote in a loved one not being there after losing them, which is really hard. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, I will refer back to episode 19 with Michelle, like I mentioned before, all about grief. She's a grief specialist. So I really encourage you to listen to that episode. Um, Be kind to yourself. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard, okay? And welcome some of those uncomfortable feelings. Please don't stuff them down. Make a plan to spend time with people you enjoy. Like, even if it means bookending the holiday of, I know going into the holiday is going to be really difficult, so let me get coffee with this friend beforehand and let me maybe see a movie with this friend afterwards, Tell people about the difficulty you're having. No one's expecting you to be super person, super woman, super man. Tell people, let them in if you can, because we can't go through this alone. And you're definitely not the only one struggling. Okay, so please communicate how you feel, because then if let's say you're at the family gathering or the gathering, and you're having some emotion, you can call that friend or text that friend, even if the person doesn't respond, just to let it out and get it outside of ourselves to have that release is huge. So let people in on what's going on for you. And I also want you to reflect on some of the traditions that you had with them, like the good times, at the same time of validating the sadness around it. It's okay to be sad. Even when you're thinking about how maybe the person who passed away used to burn all their cookies and they thought they were really good, that's such a fun memory. And it's also okay to be sad at the same time. And maybe there are different ways to honor that person. Maybe you purposefully burn your cookies from now on in memory of that person. (laughs) I think that would actually be really fun. Um, And I also want to remind you, because this is something Michelle said in the episode, That even if this is maybe not the first holiday that this person's not here anymore, it's okay to still feel upset, okay? There's no timeline on grief. There's no finish point on the grieving journey. So I want you to feel the feelings. Allow yourself to be upset, to feel the emotions. It's going to come up continuously, right? This does not end the grieving process, okay? And that's okay. Be gentle with yourself. Find what you need for support and guidance and ask for that from those that love and care about you. Okay? You're not in this alone. We are so excited to be sponsored by Mountainside Treatment Center. Mountainside Treatment Center's offers inpatient and outpatient addiction services in New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, and Massachusetts. For more information, please visit them at www.mountainside.com. The Gooding Wellness Group and Mountainside have worked closely together for years, and we are excited to have their support on this podcast. So y'all know how I feel about diet culture and people pushing diet talk and pushing food and how it's so annoying. So when I got someone who wrote this in, I was like, yes, because I think even if You struggled with disordered eating or not, everyone can relate to this, even outside of the holidays. So this person wrote in, being in recovery from an ED or eating disorder, and everyone just talks about food and pushes food. I feel that, girl. Or boy. I don't know who wrote this in. I forget. Um, People are going to do it because the holidays are, I think, heavily focused on food and even alcohol. And I think we just need to find ways to navigate it, even if it's just annoying. Even if you're not even struggling with any recovery, it's just annoying, man. So I will say from like a physical perspective, please do not not eat throughout the day before the holiday. I don't care if you know you're going to eat every single thing on the table. Please eat breakfast. Eat lunch, eat consistently earlier in the day because when you go into that meal and you're ravenous, we don't feel good physically afterwards. Now we're just so overfull because our body's like, okay, well, you didn't feed me earlier. So now I'm going to town. And that goes into the binge restrict cycle. So it is okay to eat earlier in the day. Please do. Even if it means moving your body earlier in the day. I know I love moving my body and it feels really good when I do that, um, really on any day. And because this can be so difficult with the amount of food and even people pushing food or maybe there are certain types of food that are still creating some fear, have someone on hand that you can call or text for support. This is a big theme here, and this episode is support. I will say that NIDA, the National Eating Disorder Association, on holidays has tech support. I know they had it on Christmas. I know they had it on, I think, New Year's, Thanksgiving. Um, I think it's a really good tool because it gets us out of ourselves and our own heads, because it can feel really lonely when we're sitting in a group of people who have no idea we're struggling or no idea how difficult this day is for us, that when we connect with someone who gets it and someone who can validate the struggles we're having, we can get a huge weight lifted off of us. So that is a helpful resource. Now, going back to the role-playing that we were talking about earlier, I got some for this too, okay? People's comments. What do we say and how do we say it? It's so awkward. So let's say if someone says to you, oh, another serving? Oh, you really finished your whole plate or I need to work this off tomorrow or I can't have carbs, etc. You can ignore them, first of all. You can change the subject because, honestly, we have more things to talk about than food and exercising and dieting. Or you can say something like, "Eh, dieting never worked for me. Or, yeah, I am enjoying this great meal. I am taking a second helping. And if you really want to, if they're not listening and they're not being, you know, respecting your boundary, be direct. Can you please not comment on my plate? Why are we even doing that anyway? Or simply, like I said, change the subjects, right? It could be something like, eh, dieting never worked for me. I'm enjoying this great meal. Anyway, how's your job going? And now the whole conversation conversation is shifted and we're not stuck in this awkward conversation that we hate. And I want to take away from this that sometimes it's easy to develop a resentment for certain family members. Like if Aunt Debbie, we know that she always questions our food choices and it's really annoying. Think about this for a second. (sighs) Try to reframe the perspective from resentment, okay? A lot of people's comments and things that they say are coming from their own personal struggles, right? Like maybe Aunt Debbie is jealous that you are okay with eating mac and cheese and ice cream or whatever it is. And she has not worked on her own relationship with food, right? Like, I always like to look at, well, what's going on with that other person? We're not excusing the behavior, but we're turning it more to empathy and understanding so that we don't have to hold on to the resentment. It's really more about us holding on to the resentment, which we don't like. And when you're going into these holidays, like I said before, a lot of these holidays, most of them, if anything, have so much emphasis on food, try to focus on the memories and the people that you're with and the good times rather than solely on the food. It's just another day. It's just another meal. Keep reminding yourself of that. And I know it's hard at times, but I will say one thing that could help is if let's say you think back to last year, what do you remember about the holiday? What were some funny things that happened? What were some traditions you did? And that might help you think about some of the things and focus on some of the happy memories here with this holiday rather than just the food the food is just one aspect we forget that sometimes holidays are not only so focused on food but they're also so focused on alcohol on drinking on people getting wasted right um someone wrote in it's their first holiday season in recovery from addiction This is hard, man. I give this person a lot of kudos. This is like we were talking about, the holidays are a hard time sometimes and now you're being thrown in to family dynamics and alcohol and food and all the stressors, but you can do it, okay? I've seen so many people get through the holidays numerous times and we gotta start flexing this muscle. It will only improve our recovery one day at a time. I will suggest bookend the holiday with meetings. There are so many meetings, like AA at meetings, NA meetings, even if you go to Al-Anon around the holidays because they know how stressful this time of the year is. So make sure you go to some meetings before the holiday and after so that you know you have somewhere to go. You just came from a, from a meeting so you're feeling good. And like I was saying before, Connect with Sober Support or your sponsor during the holiday. Even if it's, hey, hope you're having a great day. Or, okay, they brought out the booze right now. Like, this is weird. (laughs) Just to say it. Just to get it out of ourselves. Because when we keep it inside, it's going to build up and build up. And it's not good. We got to let it out. We got to let other people in. That's why having sober support, people who are sober in your life or support your sobriety, is so important because we can't go through this alone. And I, so people know that I am the queen of Irish exiting. Okay. <laughs> I have left places because I was just over it and I don't tell anyone and I just go home because I'd rather go home and be comfortable than like stay there and be not comfortable. So, it's okay to Irish exit. But with that, have an exit strategy. Take a break. Like I said before, go to the bathroom and just like call someone. Go outside. Step outside. If it's getting too much, make sure you have a ride home. Take an Uber or drive to wherever you're going if you're really unsure so that you know you have a way to leave if you want to. And that also kind of goes with boundaries, right? If someone asks, oh, where are you going? Where did you go? You don't need to think of this huge excuse and, oh, my God, what am I going to say? Just time for me to go. Or I had a really great time. I uh, have things to take care of at home. Honestly, if you have a pet, that's the best excuse. I got to go home and feed Winston. (laughs) Yes, I've done that. Um, So this is all about you protecting yourself. I also want to ask you, are you going to be spending the holiday with people who know about your sobriety and support it? Because one thing I've seen is that like, people who are trying to stay sober will go to a holiday gathering and no one knows about their recovery. And no one has to know, right? Like it's anonymous. But does it make us feel more lonely and isolated than supported? Right? Like, we're not saying we have to tell Uncle Jack and Aunt Debbie, but are there people in the bunch that know about your recovery that like can have your back? So find those people, even within your family or that people you're going to be with that you feel are going to be supportive if there are people, okay? Um, yeah, we, we can't go through this alone. We can't. <sighs> I hope this helped. Guys, I tried to like cover all areas of spectrum that I feel like touches on a variety of topics and stressors that people are dealing with around the holidays. Um, And I really thank you for writing in because it's not easy. I hope everyone has a great, happy and healthy holiday. No matter what you celebrate, I hope you get what you want. I hope you decorate the tree or you light the menorah or you do whatever or you eat some leftover Chinese food while watching Netflix, okay? It's your holiday. And if you want extra support during the holidays, because I will say this is a very popular time to begin therapy, (laughs) and if you want to begin the new new year off right to prioritize your mental health, we actually have some openings right now in Gooding Wellness for new clients, both virtually and in person. I have some openings virtually right now. So if you live in New York and you're wanting to start therapy, hit a girl up. You can follow me at Liana Ross LMHC and follow the podcast at let's be honest pod and keep writing, writing in, let me know what you think about this. I'm always open to feedback and I'll see you guys next time. Happy holidays.
1: Hi, my name is Gordon Gooding. I'm the founder and director of the Gooding Wellness Group here in Cold Spring Harbor, New York. We are a group of mental health providers that offer individual and family counseling here on Long Island. We believe the first step for caring for your mental health is to talk and to learn about it, which is what this podcast does such a great job of. If it has a name, someone else has been through it, and so can you. If you ever need a professional that cares about what you are facing, please feel free to reach out to us. Our counseling services are available throughout New York state through our teletherapy service. And we also offer in-person sessions in our beautiful offices here on Long Island, New York. You can reach us at goodingwellness.com or by calling 631-351-2940. Remember, there's nothing that you need to face alone. Until then, keep listening, be deliberate with your mental health, and keep it honest.